You happy to be here tonight? Let the praise team know they did a good job. Amen. We, uh, we're going to get quick into it tonight. I, I got a couple things I need to cover. Uh, how many of you are enjoying the series we're going through, Unstuck? Uh, six steps to be free, period, in every area. Six, I mean, you could be six steps to being free, six steps to victory. You can call it anything you want to, but you're going to have to go through these six steps in everything that you're doing. Amen? And we're going to go over those real quick. I know I go through them quick on Sunday. So if you're here and you've got something to write with, you want to write these down, this will be the time to do it. Uh, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to touch on some of the things I've already preached. And I got something in my heart that I wanted to get out uh, another service uh, a week or so ago, but I never got to it. But I, I really feel like it's important for you to see the type in the shadow of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Amen. Y'all with me? I know there's a lot of movement. What, y'all with me? Everybody just relocating. That's the great exodus. Uh, listen, uh, and, uh, oddly enough, we're going to exodus in a minute, but we're not there now. Uh, number one, the six steps to winning in every single area. No matter, listen to me now, as you write these down, everything that you go through, these six steps are going to apply. Whether it be a financial crisis, a relationship crisis, your work, dealing with people, your family, your body, all of these things, these six steps apply. These are the six steps that Jesus went through uh, before he went back to heaven and was seated right at the right hand of the Father where he forever makes intercession for us. The difference between us and Jesus is he took our pain. We go through these steps because we've allowed things to get back in that shouldn't be there, and we have to take spiritual steps to deal with it. So we're going to go through these. Number one, the very first thing, we've already talked about it two weeks ago, is crucified. Uh, you have to crucify your flesh. You have to crucify yourself to every situation that's going on. If you are so caught up, if you've got a money issue or job issue or people issue or health issue, if you're so caught up in you and how you think about it, you are not hearing Jesus. So you got to crucify that. you got to hang it on the cross with Jesus because you already were. Amen. You're just reminding yourself that you were put on the cross. That brings us to number two, uh, death. Number one is crucified. Number two is death. Uh, we talked about that Sunday. Did you enjoy Sunday? Man, I enjoyed Sunday. Very few times do I get to sit down in my office and feel like I did everything I was supposed to do. Sunday was one of those days. Uh, number three, we'll deal with this coming Sunday, is buried. It's one thing to crucify. It's another thing to kill. It's another thing to bury it so you don't see it anymore. See, if something just dies in your yard and you just let it lay there and stink for three months, you're going to know what's there. So you've got you to bury that thing. And number four, we get to quickened or life, new life. Number five, raised, raised from the dead. And number six is seated. Number one, crucified. Number two, death. Number three, buried. Number four, quickened. Number five, raised. Number six, seated. Everybody got that, right? We got them? All right. Now, the first three deal with the old man. In every situation, you've got to deal with the old man. You've got to crucify him. You've got to kill him. You've got to bury him. He's going to show up and try to cause problems for you every single time. Every single one of y'all resurrect your old man almost every day. I know y'all holier than that, but it's true. We all do it. Things happen. We get frustrated. We get tired. We start saying things that we wouldn't normally say. So we've got to crucify that. So crucified, dead, and buried, that's the old man. Quickened, raised, and seated, that is the new life where your pain is taken away. Amen? That's where you want to get in every single circumstance. But until you see the first three, see, what we've done is we've tried to get to the last three and just act like the first three never existed. Well, listen, you're still human, okay? 
Y'all ain't talking to me. Yeah, we're still human. We live in a fallen creation, which means there's fallen stuff around you, which fallen stuff is trying to pull you back to a fallen state, but we're not falling for it. Amen? Now, this is very important because you got to understand there are three steps in the flesh. Then there's three steps in the spirit. There was three days that we went through the crucifixion, resurrection, death, burial, all those things. None of those things are just accidents. There is a reason that when Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried, that to get to the new life, that it took three days. There is a theory uh, that says, well, it took that long for, for righteousness to be established for the battle. And all those things are correct. I'm not coming against those things. But there's also a type and a shadow in the Old Testament that I want to show you. If you'll go to, to, with me to the book of Exodus, I want to show you something. We're going to deal with this real quick and then move into some other things. Exodus chapter 5. <clears throat> Verse 1. Cameron, you with me? Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. There we go. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in. They told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast in the wilderness. And the Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? And, and y'all all know these stories and how they argued back and forth. Uh, verse 3. And he said, the God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert. And, and notice, this is something that went on. Now, this is the most clear version of this. But if you'll read through Exodus, that before they were released, every time he went to Pharaoh, it was, let us go three days' journey. Let us just go three days' journey to sacrifice. Let us go. And he would say, oh, well, you can go, but you can't take your cattle. Oh, you can go, but you can't take the... It was always three days' journey. Why? Has it ever crossed your mind why it's three days' journey? Because Pharaoh knew that if the Hebrews made it three days away, that they couldn't have three days of sustenance to go catch them and bring them back. Now, the issue here is it's not an issue of distance. It's an issue of putting enough room between you and whatever's holding you down so that it doesn't have the opportunity to come back and get you. Does that make sense? There's a three days journey that had to take place. And once that three days journey started, Pharaoh knew that we either have to go slaughter them because we, we, we ain't got enough water to go get them and bring them back. We have to go slaughter them or we're going to lose our whole economy. You understand that, that he, this was a business decision. So here's the thing. You have to go through the first three steps. And, and if you haven't been here for some of the teaching, this, this may not make sense to you. But you have to go through death or crucifixion, death and burial to make that three days journey to get you far enough from, away from whatever was holding you that you can begin to make the decisions to live by faith because now we're three days out, God's got a supply. Are y'all seeing it? Y'all, it's a whole lot deeper than I'm taking it, but that's, that is just the crux of the real top, the cream of it, is to get you to understand that this is not a process of putting you in pain. This is a process of getting you over into supernatural provision. This is getting you where, where that, that piece of you that needs to be healed up, you got to get away from something first. There's, if you're too close to the very thing that keeps causing you pain, then you haven't gotten enough part of whatever that is, uh, crucified, dead, and buried, and gotten away from it yet. The thing with pain is we keep bringing a lot of pain on ourselves. Amen? Well, why did the Lord do I hear it all the time. 
I get Facebook messages and phone calls and texts and why I can only take some more. I, I, I can't take much more, Pastor. Why is God doing this? God ain't done none of this. Absolutely gave you a way of escape at every turn. It's, it's us that aren't really listening. It's us that, see, I, 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 I don't mean to come against anything, but I, I just, I cannot listen to Christian radio. I just can't. Uh, not because they're a bad radio. They're good people. I've met a lot of them. But every commercial is, God will use all of this to complete something. God will use all your pain to complete. Are you crazy? He, Jesus took your pain. The whole point of the cross was to take it, not to use it to mold you. If he could use your pain to mold you, why did Jesus have to die? Why was there a three-day journey to get you far enough away from the very thing that was causing you problems? You have to get to the place where that thing has no hold on you anymore. And the, the Hebrews knew that if they got three days away, Pharaoh knew if they got three days away, they were never coming back. And if you can find a situation that you're in and crucify your flesh in it, let that flesh die and bury it to where it has no smell in your life. You just took the last step to being free. Are y'all seeing this? Y'all, you've got to understand what I'm teaching you right now. I've made up my mind. My days of coming in here just preaching messages are over. I've I got to get y'all somewhere. And if I could get you to understand that this earth cannot hold you down unless you let it. We give Satan so much credit. And everything that's going on in our lives, we gave him permission to do. See, here's the thing. When Jesus was on the cross, you heard him say, if he's really the son of God, he could call a legion of angels and they're waiting on his word. Do you honestly think that 40,000 angels were not ready to stand at attention for him to say, come get me? Do you honestly believe that? But he, he, Jesus did what he did for one reason, to let you know I'm going through this so you never have to. But yet we think we have to. We think, uh, let, let me just, get, I got so much I want to get out real fast. Jesus was the seed. We deal with this in sonship all the time. Jesus was the seed. He was what? The firstborn of many. That's what the word says. The uh, Holy Spirit ascended on Jesus like a dove and said what? What's the word say? Come on, y'all. This is my son in who I'm well pleased. Which he's well pleased in the seed, which means he's well pleased in the harvest. Oh, if y'all could just get that. If he's well pleased in the harvest, you ain't got to prove nothing to him. Just accept him. Quit trying to be saved and just be saved. I don't know how to say it any easier than that. Now, if he's pleased with the harvest, now y'all listen. <laughs> Why do we change God's words? If he said, this is my son and who I'm well pleased, and he sowed a son, then why are we teaching people that God needs servants? I don't read that in the Bible. You serve because you're a son. But you're not a servant to Christ. You're a joint heir. Is this just too easy? Am I making the gospel a little too easy? See, they stone me at other churches for this stuff. So glad y'all don't throw stuff. The microphones blow up in my hand and stuff like that. 
If y'all weren't there, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if Sam was there, and it was hilarious. Microphone just shot out of my hand. I don't know if it was anointing or a cheap microphone, but it happened. Now, here's the thing. The first three steps are all about your sin and your struggle. Listen to me now. And the last three steps are about your spiritual life and your well-being. And when you live stuck in sin, thinking on well-being, you'll never get there. One's always got you. That's why there has to be a crucifixion and a death and a burial. Something's got to die. I'll never forget, early on in, in this ministry, I was under a man named uh, uh, Jerry Grillo, Bishop Jerry Grillo, one of the, just a phenomenal preacher. Man, he was awesome. And he, was a, he wasn't really a spiritual father to me, but, but he was the one person that God put in my life to give me the guts to step out and start this church. And uh, he called me one day, and, and I'll never forget the words that he said to me, and I've heard Mac say to me these very same words. And he said, you have got to stop keeping alive what God's trying to kill. There were things in me that my mouth were keeping going. Because it's, that's, what, see, that's what religion does. That's why we can't just go by this denomination doctrine and that denomination. I don't care what denominations say. What does the word say? Well, because the truth is, all of them got truth. Now, come on now. We ain't talking about denominations not having truth. But all of them have truth. But I want the whole truth. And the people, I have people look at me all the time and say, well, you're, you're non-denominational. You, that, that, and what they're saying is you're an idiot. That's what they're saying. What I would like to say back to them is I like to see people healed. I like to see people whole. I like to see their finances turn around. I like to see people walk out smiling, not feeling like they've been beat up all day long. I, I like for people to understand that they are the sons and daughters of the king, not servants to a kingdom that just wants to use them up until they're tired, throw them to the side, let them go find another church and put somebody in their place. That's not what we're called to do. Three days journey. Because at three days, listen to me, they had to be totally dependent on God. Understand, at three days, they couldn't even get back. Y'all got to get this now. At three days, when you've gone through the crucifixion, the death, and the burial, which we'll talk about Sunday, well, I'm, I'm excited about that. You've gone so far, your faith's got to keep you now. Or... You come back to a place and you're back in misery. How many of y'all keep going back to something and you repenting for the same things over and over and over? It's because you hadn't killed something yet. It's not, listen, you got to understand, we do that and we go to preachers and we sit down in offices and we counsel and those are wonderful things. But at some point, you got to take some personal responsibility and stop some stuff. Listen, I'm a preacher of grace. I, I, listen, I, nobody loves you more than Jesus loves you. I'm just going to tell you right now. God's not imputing your sin against you. God's not holding it against you. But this earth show is. There are things in this earth that you keep attaching yourself to. God wants you to attach to peace, but you keep attaching to chaos with your mouth. God wants you attached to blessing, but there's no blessing coming out of you. God wants you attached, you know, I, God wants you stepping over into holy matrimony. But some of y'all think it's hellish matrimony. You, the thing is, God wants your kids to be happy, your family to be whole. But all you, you know, it, it's, I heard Pastor Tony say, uh, and it just this y'all y'all just gotta understand, Pastor Tony. Y'all've seen him receive offering and stuff. Sam knows him well, but we've gotten to know him. One of the sweetest men you'll ever be around, is he not, honey? It's just awesome. But he wasn't always that way. 
And he was telling a story just not even, just a handful of years ago. He was begging God, kill me, kill Sonia, do something. Get me out of this thing. Kill her, leave me with the kids. How can I divorce her and keep my ministry? Y'all, y'all don't understand. This goes on with every single person. But God did a work in his heart and he went through these steps and he's the one that's teaching me this stuff. And I'm telling you, it absolutely, absolutely blows your mind when you get to a place that you see that very simple adjustments will change your entire life. See, we, we've done this thing and we've gotten to this thing to the point that we think we've got to have everybody up here and 25 people got to lay hands on you and I'm just going to tell you, you 25 people better not touch me at one time. I don't know what y'all transferring. No, no. Uh, I, maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. But here's, we've, we've put a religion even in our spirituality. And the truth is, is you've got to put some things on the cross. We did that the two Sundays ago. I saw this whole altar was full of people. And I'm going to remind y'all of something that the Lord said. And remember this. Worship was never meant to do anything but to get you in his presence. And it'll drive you to your knees, his goodness. But worship is the only thing that's supposed to drive you to your knees. You, you, you don't let this world drive you to your knees. You don't let failure drive you to your... Well, you know, you drive, you, you hit your knees and you pray. It's knee mail. You are a son of the king. Y'all hear me? Listen to me now. You are a son of the king. If a king saw his son on his knees... He couldn't even acknowledge his presence. Do you understand? Well, Pastor, you know, you've got to be humble. Well, you better learn what the definition of humble is first. Because humility and meekness and humbleness in the Word is controlled authority. It ain't, oh God, I'm, a, I'm just a sinful sinner in a sinner world. No. I am saved. I'm walking in the blood of Jesus. And I know i got a problem here, Lord. And you'll open my eyes on how to crucify this thing. And how to let it die. And how to quit beating yourself up over something. Listen, let me, let me explain something to you. Most of y'all are parents. And, and there's nothing worse than watching your kid whine about something when you just gave them the tools on how to fix it. And that's what we do every single Sunday in the altar. We whine about things that God's already given us the tools to fix. Amen. I'm not being hard, I promise. I, I'm just, I want to see you. The Bible says that your world is framed by your what? Your mouth, your words. It's all. And, and, but if the world is framed by your words, what are you saying the most of? I'm not talking about the person that comes in here and puts on the church face because y'all ain't fooling nobody. Who are you at home? Who are you when the rubber meets the road? Who are you when this part of you jumps up on this part of you? Some of y'all get that on the way home. <laughs> who, who are you when all things are going bad? That's, that's what you're framing. See, because let me. part of the three days journey is after you get past day two, it's real now. Now it's real. And see, this is tonight's y'all's real night. There's some stuff we all got to stop. And there's some stuff we all got to start. And it's getting real now. There's some things you've got to step over into to where you're so far out on faith you don't even want to go back. That's where I'm, I'm happiest there. My wife will tell you, I'm, I, when I'm out there and it don't look like nothing's going to happen, now I'm happy. Because that means nobody can influence and nobody can change it. Now it's just me and God. 
And I, listen, I've had people tell me I was crazy. People I love dearly tell me I'm crazy. My family thinks I'm nuts. That's why they're 400 miles away. They think I'm an extreme personality. And I am. But here's the thing. There is this term that most of you have heard your whole Christian walk. It's called seed, time, harvest. We know what seed is. We know what harvest is. Nobody knows what the time is. Six steps. I am fully convinced that crucified, dead, buried, quickened, raised, seeded. I'm convinced that's the time. And I'm convinced that it's up to you how long that time goes on. Because there was a time in my life, and I'm, 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 I'm not ashamed to admit this, but there was a time in my life where I was so close to God that it's like things were just happening to the point my head was spinning. And there was a time where I got so caught up in ministry and concerned with people, I forgot about God. And things slowed down. I'm back in my three days. Y'all coming with me? Amen. Is that short, but is it good? Y'all stand to your feet with me. Let me pray real quick. Then we we got got some housekeeping. Father, I thank you. I, I know that I said exactly what you wanted me to say tonight. I pray that these people get it in their spirit, they get it in their heart, Lord. I pray that you take these people and you do such a work that this county, this region, this whole middle part of this state is absolutely affected by the people in this room. Because they have decided they are not living in this earth and in this fallen creation. They're living by faith. And we're taking our step into the day where it's getting real now. We're going to be at home where we are everywhere else. We're going to say everything we need to say even when we wake up at home and it's a bad day. Even when it's at work, somebody's chewing us out. Even when our body doesn't seem to agree with what we're saying. But we are speaking what you say. And we put to death this rebellious nature that would speak and stop us from our journey. And Lord, I thank you that as of tonight, our life is changing. In Jesus' mighty name.